0: Welcome back to the African History Network Show right here on 910 a.m. Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Mike Hotel. It is Sunday, October uh, October 30th, Sunday, October 30th, twenty two, And we are live. All right. Uh on the line, we're joined by uh Jackson, uh, who is with the Midwest Building Decarbonization Coalition. And she's here to talk about their uh, 2022 Equity Summit, that 2022 Equity Summit that is taking place um, Wednesday, November 2nd through Friday, November 4th. And it is a virtual summit. Welcome back to the African History Network show. Uh, Marnice Jackson, how you doing today, Marnice? Hi, how
1: are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm all right. Better now that I'm talking to you, Marnice. But hey, it's going it's going all right. This is <laughs> it's going all right. It's a hot show. I wanted to have you on because uh, you know what you're doing is um, uh, fantastic, and you know, oftentimes the I, I think um, when it comes to um in the environment and understanding environmental issues, I think over the last maybe two or three years. People are learning more about how it impacts African-Americans. But for a long time, environmental issues were just associated with white people, so to speak. OK, oftentimes. But I think now more people would like with uh, uh, climate change and and, and hurricanes uh, hitting with more frequency, like in places like Florida and uh, uh, hitting in, in, in southern states, uh, uh, Georgia, et cetera. So um, give us some. Uh, background information on the Midwest Building Decarbonization, Decarbonization Coalition. What do you all do, and what's your position with them?
1: Thank you so much, Michael, and thanks for having me here at the Everton um, History Network. You're welcome, Mark. Um, so the Midwest, <laughs> the Midwest Building Decarbonization Coalition was founded in 2019 to play a leadership role, convening stakeholders, and allies around the regional um, the carbonization strategy, and so what that means is within this A state region across um, the region of Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Ohio, and Wisconsin. I co-direct this coalition alongside with my other two co-directors, um, Margaret Shoni Hendrick and Jacob Earthling. They are in two different states as well.
0: Okay.
1: The focus is to take on climate change as a related to um, the building sector. So we spend the majority of our time in homes, 90%. And when we are faced with cold climates, we end up facing the most prudent, prudent outcomes within our home. So you that said, means what, what, um, what type where of we outcome? live, where we go to work, where Marnice, we go to school. Marnice, what type uh, of outcome you,
0: did you I say? You said, mm-hmm. Did you say
1: prudent outcome? It's, what
0: type of outcome?
1: So, so due to the climate change issues, and for those who are not familiar with climate change, um, those, so it's caused by the harmful emissions that's going up in the air due to CO2 emissions. Okay. So that can come by way of methane, methane gas, CO2 emissions. The things that we love so much, that we need so much, it's harming us. And okay. so we're going to start seeing more disasters like tornadoes, hurricanes. We know we just seen Hurricane Ian. We know um, the historic um, Hurricane Katrina. We're going to start seeing more storms storms like that. Now, as this relates to us, when we start to see more storms like that, we're going to experience here in Michigan, because we're in Michigan, um, where I'm at right now, right. Uh, we're going to experience the tornadoes, more droughts, things of that nature. And so what does this have to do with buildings? Because where we eat, where we uh, live, where we go to school, we go to work, we have to generate our energy. Um, And you have different sources by way you can do that, through electricity, um, and also we have to heat our homes. And in Michigan specifically, we heat our homes by way of gas. And so the best way to mitigate climate change is to have cleaner options, like wind, solar, geothermal, and access to energy efficiency, which will lower your utility rates okay um uh, oh, go, ahead. go ahead go ahead yeah and, and so the, the, why the building sector is important because when you're in your home 90 percent of the time you are um ingesting these harmful particles like um, those co2 emissions that i mentioned that may come from your appliance so okay. if you're not switching to more electric electrical appliances you either may have a gas go. And so maybe you have gas appliances, which means that you're um, consuming methane gas, which is causes upper respiratory, respiratory diseases like asthma, bronchitis, and things of that nature. On top of that, it also um, causes high um, utility rates. And okay. so for those... Um, <laughs> who may not be familiar with that, um, DT Energy or Phoenix Energy are our uh, two most popular utility uh, providers within the Southeast Michigan area, which is predominantly Black, Brown, um, communities and low-income communities. And so, they do not provide us access to cleaner energy options, the ones that are listed. And so that means we don't have cleaner energy options, then you may experience economic issues health
0: issues. And of course, there's that racial justice lens with that. Okay. So you, you mentioned bronchitis, asthma, uh, a couple of other illnesses. What were the other illnesses that you mentioned?
1: Well, upper respiratory, those are like the
0: main two. Upper respiratory. Okay. So upper respiratory illnesses mm-hmm. and a, a, mm-hmm. a, a larger amount of cases of upper respiratory illnesses that is associated Mm -hmm. with climate change and problems in the in in the environment is that correct that is correct okay and this in and this disproportionately negatively impacts african americans yes
1: um, as we all know that when uh, America gets the code, black people, we get the right. <laughs> And so um, this is true in the same regard of our utility rates, um, environmental issues. And when we're thinking about the environment, we're thinking about anything like lead in our water, which we all seen in Flint, Detroit, um, and it's still happening. But then also in the building sector, which we don't focus much on, because, you know, and those issues are very important. Right. Uh, we're just not really starting to pay more attention to the building sector. Um, we um, <clears throat> These issues are um, just as important because during the pandemic, we all know we were indoors and we saw a, a large rate of um, asthma cases, not just due to the pandemic, but also due to us being indoors all the time because we had to, right? right. And so there's definitely a correlation between between um, the housing, redlining, uh, because a lot of us live in older housing, which means we may not have um, an energy-efficient home like the ones that we see are getting built in suburbs or just, just newly built. Um, and communities, and right. so with a lot of us in these black and brown communities, we still live in these older houses which have not been upgraded. Um, the buildings are pretty much out of code, which also causes the economic issues.
0: So, so what we're looking at dealing with climate change <laughs> and the dealing with uh, it could be health issues that. Uh, Pertains to the African-American community as well as economic issues which causes us to spend more on our energy bill. Yes. Okay.
1: And by the way, mm-hmm. like I said, I was talking about DP Energy and I was talking about consumers. It, the, these two utility companies because we're like in this area, they dictate where our energy comes from. So right now, it's either oil or gas. And oil or we, gas. And if we as okay. advocates as advocates, um, communities don't look at where our energy comes from or the different options of other options that they you may not be privy to, then we're going to end up having a health risk, an economic risk, and this is definitely predominantly in Black and brown communities. And so, DPE Energy is most likely will be having another rate increase, and you probably wonder why. Um, Am I having this? And shouldn't I be able to dictate where my energy comes from? Right. And so you don't know about this because a lot of this is not made public. Right. Uh, but we do, and this is where, this is where the importance of getting out to vote, because DTE is regulated by the Public Service Commission, which is an appointed position by the governor. And so these appointed commissioners the are appointed. Mm-hmm. hmm
0: Appointed is a position appointed by the governor. Go ahead. We're coming up on a break in two minutes. Go ahead.
1: Yes. Okay. So they're appointed by the governor, and they decide whether or not they want to hold DTE Energy consumers and any other utility company in Michigan accountable. So there's a whole process to um, intervene, um, and intervening in a case is pretty much a lawsuit to seek to in a rate case. Mm-hmm. So, a rate case is just where they decide. It's like this year, like a a whole, like maybe ten year plan to decide when if they're going to put in a new gas pipeline or oil pipeline, or, line, or okay. they decide to have more clean energy options. Okay. And most of the time, these rate um um these plans, they do not have clean energy options.
0: Okay. Uh, we're coming up on a break. Uh, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about the uh, Midwest Building Decarbonization Coalition's uh, 2022 Equity Summit taking place November 2nd through the 4th, 2022. I will be speaking there uh, on Wednesday and Friday. And uh, niece Jackson uh, will be there also. It's so a virtual summit. All right. Stand by, niece. OK, you listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show, right here on 9 10 a.m. The Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is uh, Sunday, October 30th, 2022, and we are speaking with uh, Miss Marniece Jackson, who is with the uh, Midwest Building Decarbonization uh, Coalition, and she is telling us, informing us about climate change, how climate change impacts the African-American community. And uh, she's going to give us some information about their 2022 Equity Summit, their 2022 Equity Summit that's coming up uh, Wednesday, November 2nd through Friday, November 4th, 2022. It's a virtual summit, so you can watch, watch from around the world. And I will be speaking there also on a Wednesday and Friday, and Marniece will be speaking as well. So, uh, Marniece okay, uh, so welcome back. And uh, let people know what your position is with the Midwest Building Decarbonization Coalition, please. Thank you, Michael. Can you
1: hear me better?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you better. Thank you. Uh,
1: okay, great. So at the West Groder Discovery Coalition, I am the first and I manage the equity engagement. And so with this year's uh summit, so, I mean, we're focusing on um self determination, um Kwanzaa Kuji Kwanza, 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 excuse me for Kugi, mispronouncing. Kooji Changalia. Um Yes. And, yeah. I <laughs> I just can't talk well. <laughs> That's just me. Um and so we're we're focusing on self determination because we want communities um, to really um, empower themselves to um, take on uh, policies like the Air Infra- Reduction Act. Yes. And so, with this equity summit, we're going to be focusing on topics um, like reparations, land, debt, because building decarbonization is um, talking about the built environment and not. Um, uh perpetuating the same um harms that um, communities of colors have experienced due to white supremacy culture we talked a lot about the process of how you're going to do it can you get engaged of course what building determinization is um might be more important right now to get involved with this especially in regards to the inflation reduction act that was just passed um and then also the implementation because there's an opportunity um to look into the green economy for new jobs um opportunity for contractors um opportunity for new job creation um and then also we're going to be talking about um uh, the topics that we just don't want to talk about like i said um like supremacy culture racism and how it relates to the movement because um with climate change we're going to school See these storms, right? Uh, we're going to still see climate um, impacts happening. So communities have to become more resilient. But then also, we have to switch our thinking to liberation thinking right. of what does a uh, energy sovereign society looks like. How do we dictate where our energy comes from? Because uh, where we power our electricity and heat is causing climate change by way of these greenhouse gas emissions, CO2 emissions. So you have to go back to biology class to understand all that. Either way, it goes, all this is hurting our communities, right? right. And we, like I said before, with those these two storms happening um, all the time and frequently. And you know, like, I think in the fall we just had. Um, a couple days, Detroit residents experienced maybe two to three days of shutoff because of a storm we had. And residents only received, like, a $25 uh, voucher if you lost, like, a quarter of your groceries and things like that. Nature. And we all know the inflation right now, the groceries, you're going to pay at least $400 for some groceries per household. So things like that. We talked about a grinding, what does reparations look like? When things like that happen, because if you had a reliable grid with clean energy, i.e. solar or uh, wind, we wouldn't be worrying about that. So we're going to be dispelling the cross narrative. No are be talking about how communities can really start to engage more communities in this, because quite frankly, these are community conversations. These are impacting um, our lives economically and, of course, health, right? Right. So... These are topics that we're
0: gonna be looking up. Okay, uh, give people the website so they can register for this conference and how much does it cost for people to attend this virtual conference?
1: Uh, guess what? It is free. Um, it's free. It's you're gonna, gonna get Western all this park. you're gonna yeah.
0: get all this for free. And it's Michael Mhotep is speaking as well on two days. You're gonna get all this for free?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you get it for free. Uh just log on to Zoom. <laughs> and you can register at midwestdcarb.org. We have a lot of great speakers. We have give give, give like the Give, hotels, give, give we
0: the, the website Marnice. Marnice, give the, the website again and, and speak slowly, please. Okay. Midwestdcarb.org slash summit. Okay, midwestdcarb.org forward slash summit. We have it up here on the screen. Yeah. You can go there. You can register for the conference. They also have a full schedule of the conference. Uh, go go ahead and continue, my niece, please.
1: So we're going to have some awesome, um, awesome speakers. Like um, I said, um, Brother Michael Pembroke. We have Swarchoe um, Olaten. She is a pioneer in the environmental and climate justice movement. We have Dr. Harvell from Henry Ford Community College. We have Isaiah Zeke Williams from New Era Detroit, Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of community organizers um, who will be a part of the panels. We definitely know we talk about hot topics, like I said, reparations, where we at with that, land back initiatives, aligning um, African-Americans, Africans um, with Indigenous, like how we can support each other because it's i out for oppression Olympics
0: right. and
1: also it's time for us to be really supporting each other. Um, and Also, we'll be talking about regulatory. Uh, what does that mean to get involved within the regulatory? And yes, we know that this is very technical, but we want people, we're going to definitely be meeting people where we are. That's why we centered the topics around um, self-determination
0: okay now explain we're coming up on a break in a couple of minutes and if you got a, a, a few more minutes i'm gonna hold you over uh the the uh the break because i, I, I want to uh hone in on this the inflation reduction act you mentioned that um and i know you are bipartisan but on this show we're not and it's my show so just so people know the inflation reduction act. no republicans in the house or the senate voted for the bill okay just so people understand this but explain what the what, explain how the inflation reduction act will help african americans and and uh, communities uh, of color
1: okay the inflation reduction act um of course is very landmark uh, and it's the curb the reducing deficit by law of course pers- prescription drugs oh my goodness and invest it's a domestic energy production uh while promoting clean energy mm-hmm. so this is what the building decarbonization is about. We want clean energy options. Right. What, um, and that is sustainable, right? Right. You want okay. wind, hold, hydroelectric hold, power, hold solar, right there, thermal, and energy efficiency.
0: Manish, we're coming up on the break. Hold it right there. We're going to pick this up on the other side of the break. Marnice, uh Jackson is explaining to us what the Inflation Reduction Act is and how is going to help African Americans and, and communities of color? You listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right. We are speaking with, uh, Marniece Jackson, uh, with the Midwest Building Decarbonization Coalition. And she is giving us information about their, uh, 2022 Equity Summit as well as uh, how, it, how, uh, climate change negatively impacts the African American community. And before, right before the break, she was explaining, explaining to us the Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act that, uh, recently passed in the House and the Senate and was signed into law by President Biden. And uh, she was talking about how the Inflation Reduction Act provisions in it that will help the African-American community. These are some of the things that we're going to talk about at the conference as well. So, uh, uh, Marnice, uh, thanks for uh, coming back for this segment. Uh, Go ahead and finish your thoughts dealing with the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay. Thanks, Mike. So
1: um, with the Inflation Reduction Act um, signed by President Biden, Mm -hmm. So what, there's the health care insurance premium and coverage will definitely help um, African-Americans. But in regards to um, combating c- climate change and lowering energy costs, the Inflation Reduction Act takes the most um, aggressive action on climate and clean energy in American history. So yeah. the legislation will bring down energy costs for black families and create thousands of good jobs. And while reducing climate pollution it will also secure energy supply as well. So, they make home energy upgrades more affordable. Uh, You can replace air conditioners, water heaters, or furnaces, and you can save up pretty much to 30% with tax credits for efficient heating and cooling equipment. Um, Households can save up to 30% with tax credits for home construction projects. So, this is an opportunity expand um, contractors and construction jobs. And definitely, this is lacking within the black community because we're only representing 1% within the energy um, job sector. And so, construction projects can mean windows, door installation, or weatherization um, projects. Um, families can replace or upgrade stoves, right? I was talking about those gas stoves and other home appliances. Right, And they can get a direct rebates. But buy, buy more energy and electric appliances. Um, families could... Uh, families in affordable housing units, for example, could boost their energy efficiency and improve their indoor air quality, which uh, will also make our communities more climate resilient. And then, uh, families could save more than, I believe they said $1,000 per year on energy tax credits.
0: Okay, yeah, because I know uh, there are commercials running now uh, that talk about the benefits of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, and I know it'll reduce, uh, I think it's maybe about $1,800 a year uh, in uh, uh, savings when it comes to energy for families. So uh, it's going to do a lot. There is a good article from Axios.com, and this is in the um, uh, Midwest Building Decarbonization Coalition's uh, Facebook page. Uh, There's a good article that they have from uh, Axios.com called, and I have it up here on the screen for those that are watching on uh, Facebook and YouTube uh, The Unequal Toll of Climate Disasters, The Unequal Toll of climate disasters, Uh, September 21st, 2022, this article came out and uh, in in the article, it talked about the big picture, the big picture. Black and Latino communities in the US have long been burdened by the disproportionate impacts uh, of climate change, okay? And it it goes on to say, uh, it talks about five years after the devastation of Hurricane Maria, Puerto Rico was reeling from Hurricane Fiona, which unleashed heavy rains, winds, and mudslides on the island and left most households without electricity or access to running water. Uh, And then it goes on to talk, uh, it says, for starters, community color are less likely to receive, uh, less likely to receive disaster relief aid, especially... Mm-hmm. when compared to white affluent households in the communities they live in, uh, according to FEMA's 2020 National Advisory Council report. Uh, it, 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 then the article goes on to talk about hurricanes leave lasting scars by disrupting public health and healthcare delivery, uh, hospitals shut down and patients uh, patients' care is halted by power outages uh so talk uh give us some more information here because a lot of times once again when we the inflation reduction act uh is going to address a lot of these issues and address climate change this is the largest investment when it comes to fighting against climate change in the history of this country okay so talk some more about how uh climate change how the inflation reduction that will help with this and how climate change impacts African-Americans. And uh, these are some of the things we're going to discuss at the conference as well.
1: Yes. And so um, th- the uh, impact on African, Latinx, indigenous, low income communities, the impacts are just that um, with not having water, running water of course if your house is getting flooded you have to um of course everything over but then there's not adequate flood insurance and sometimes that's not even covered covered in insurances Mm -hmm. but then also the displacement that people don't like to lift up we've seen this where um residents have to go to different states um they may actually have to live there for like years months and then of course there's the new culture to moving into a different city, a different state. We saw that within Park and Katrina, uh, the narrative of New Orleans residents moving to Houston. Um, some did well, but then, however, some would be not adjust very well. But then when they come back to their communities, um, they see a lot of different changes with um, rising costs of housing, right. um, gentrification, gentrification, for example. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, but then also um, it's a setup for an emergency management system right. and then it's also as we see within the case study of New Orleans it didn't return, return back to a public school system most of them return back to a charter school system and mm-hmm. so we all know that a they may not experience quality education right and so those are the academics, not to mention the emotional shock, shocks, right, the right. spiritual, um, the mental health. I don't know if we all seen the video or the documentary, um, Hurricane Katrina, it came on HBO, like um, the children of Hurricane Katrina, um, the mental health that came along with all that. And so within this reduction, um, Inflation Reduction Act, of course, we can't mitigate all those issues, right, because these right. are going to continue to happen if we don't aggressively uh, switch to clean energy, uh, have different practices personally. Mm-hmm. But in the Inflation Reduction Act, upgrading to affordable housing to enforce homes against climate impacts, right, mm-hmm. to increase water and energy efficiency, and then also expanding um, urban and community um, programs like with tree planting projects, right? People think it's okay to cut the trees. No, we need to plant trees right. that will help cool neighborhoods with right. a priority for projects that benefit underserved communities. Um, Advancing transportation equity and resilience um, with the neighborhood access um, and equity program. And so this is important because yes. when these, these disasters happen, to get out of the city um, or the state transportation or mass transportation, it may not be accessible. And so improving um, programs like walking uh, protect against energy or extreme heat or flooding impacts. So projects like those, and then also expansion into lower costs for small businesses. Okay. So small business can receive tax credits that cover 30% of switching over to lower-cost solar power. Um, And then also a smaller business can deduct up to, like, one one point per square foot of their business for making high-energy efficiency upgrades. So this is how good and decarb relates to climate change and the Inflation Reduction Act. And not to mention, paying jobs, right? Exactly. And so another thing we're going to be talking about, another thing we will be talking about is workforce development.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: how the barriers of workforce development,
0: okay. like
1: with our returning citizens, right? Yes. This is this is an equity issue because we know that returning citizens citizens do not may not have access to jobs. So we're trying to eliminate a lot of barriers, um, you know, with breakdown checks and things of that nature. When we're thinking about the policies that are going to be coming down, because if they can't get access to the jobs that they want, this is a new gateway for them to get new jobs within this new clean energy um, sector.
0: Okay. So the website, once again, everybody, is Midwest D-E-C-A-R-B, D-E-C-A-R-B MidwestDecarb.org forward slash summit, S-U-M-M-I-T. And uh, I'm speaking on Wednesday and uh, Friday. I'm on a panel. Uh, Marnice uh, asked me to uh, be a part of this. Uh, fantastic conference! This is a powerful powerful conference and uh, before you go marnie so on wednesday uh november 2nd 3 p.m to three fifty p.m or 4 p.m something like that uh, advancing reparations and building decarbonization this is one of the panel discussions i'm on um and this is when you when you go to the website everybody you click on full schedule you you'll see it you'll see the information you see the picture of me here Give us a, a one synopsis of what this uh, panel discussion will be about. And is moderated, is facilitated okay. by Marniece Jackson as well, who we have with us uh, today. Um, uh, give us a uh, one-minute synopsis of what this uh, panel will be about.
1: Okay, so reparations, um, we want reparations like when energy or climate impacts happen to be in the form of reparation okay so if you're if you're uh life is shut off due to DTE, they should pay the cost because they did not give us clean energy options right mm-hmm. um they should not be sending you a $25 check and you pay $400 for groceries no <laughs> <laughs> you so said
0: well, how much how much was the check you said if they sent how much of a check
1: they, they, they said my friend $25 and she was like, no, I just paid $407 for these groceries. Who was that? I said, this is a good time. My friend, oh. Maria.
0: Okay, your friend. Maria okay, person. Maria. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this session is definitely going to focus on tangible because, you know, there's some um, conversation about what does reparations look like? Right. Could it be in the form of a text? Could it be... um education, food law relief, this is a way for us to make things more tangible, but then also, um, what does accountability look like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about accountability, um, environmental, climate, energy impact, we can think about the Flint water crisis, they should be paid reparations, okay, right. for example. Right. So when these things happen, we want to make sure that we're aligning the... Um, these efforts with reparations. something intent will hold um, our government accountable for these atrocities that's going to happen. Okay. Um, since they say they are for the people, right? Okay. So this okay. conversation will give us a history about it, but then it will also talk about how we align it with energy policy. Um,
0: okay, everybody. It is Wednesday, November 2nd through Friday, November 4th, 2022. It is free. You can attend this. Register online, virtual summit, midwestdecarb.org forward slash summit. We'll put a link on our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. My niece, Chris Jackson, you know I'll do anything for you. Thanks for inviting me to speak at this conference, and we'll talk to you next time, okay? All
1: right. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me, and I'll see you Wednesday. All right.
0: See you Wednesday. Have a great night. Okay, everybody, we'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to Kanye West. Then we're going to talk about midterm elections as well. You listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotep. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hotep, everybody. Hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. I'm a talk show host, researcher, lecture writer, and historian. I hope you are enjoying this uh, broadcast that you're watching right now. I wanted to take a couple of minutes and let you know about the online history courses that I teach. So, if you like this broadcast that you're watching, you definitely want to register for uh, the online history classes that I teach. Uh, we normally teach the classes on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, our next class of uh, Ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Maafa: Understand the Transatlantic Slave Trade, is going to take place. On Thursday, November seventeenth, twenty twenty-two, uh, seven PM to nine PM Eastern Standard Time. So, if we look at a uh, brief overview of the class, and the class is on sale, um, the uh, the class is on sale sixty dollars, uh, regularly one hundred and thirty dollars. Okay, so we have the class uh, discounted right now, and if we look at a uh, brief overview of the class as well. I've been teaching this class uh, since 2017 okay and I put together the the, uh, curriculum uh, for the class of the studying history uh, 30 years and we can't start uh, the study of our history in slavery even though understand the transatlantic slave trade is very important uh, we can't start in slavery we have to deal with thousands of years of of history that uh, lead up to the transatlantic slave trade uh, taking place we look at the 800-year occupation of Europe by the African Africans known as the Moors as well to understand what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place okay so uh, a brief overview of the class we can not start studying our history uh, in slavery Uh, Even when we study the transatlantic slave trade, which is important to study, we can't start in 1619 or in the or in the 1440s when the Portuguese get involved in the transatlantic slave trade. We have to understand the history chronologically and deal with the 800 year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors who enter into the Iberian Peninsula today known as Spain and Portugal. Uh, today, uh, who who enter into the Iberian Peninsula today, known as Spain and Portugal, from North Africa, in 711 AD. This course not only deals with the transatlantic slave trade, but it also deals with thousands of years of history that leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. August twentieth, uh, twenty nineteen, marked the 400 year anniversary of the 20 and odd Africans who came into Point Comfort uh, in Virginia August 20th, 1619 on the White Lion pirate ship. Um, And this would later be the uh, colony of Virginia, okay? And when those uh, 29 Africans came in, codified slave laws did not exist in any of the 13 colonies. Codified slave laws don't come to Massachusetts till 1641. They don't come to the Virginia until about 1660 or 1661. Now, this year, uh, 2019, was known as the year of return. The year of return, as many African Americans uh, were reconnecting to Africa and traveling to Ghana and other West African countries. When we discuss the transatlantic slave trade, we have to first understand that African people are the original people of North, Central, and South America. And have been in the land we call the United States of America at least fifty one thousand seven hundred years. Okay, so we have the information on the home of our website, uh AfricaWork.com, the African History Network dot com. Uh we also uh so you can register there for it uh for the class, and we have uh a bundle pack we where, where you can register for both classes at a discount. So normally uh the classes are $130 each. They're on sale right now. Uh $60. So we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived. They're recorded. You can go back and watch them anytime. And uh we're going to do at least 10 weeks uh for these sessions. We may do eleven or 12 just to give us enough to get all the information in. So click uh re- click right here for register here. You can use a debit card or credit card. We have the bundle pack information here as well. Uh the bundle is on sale a hundred dollars, uh it's regularly hundred and thirty dollars. Click right here to register here for the bundle. And then the second class that I teach uh on Tuesdays is from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. That next class is going to be on Tuesday, November twenty second. Tuesday, November twenty second. Okay. And this class picks up where um Basically, we're understanding the transatlantic slave trade leads off. This is another uh, 10-week online class. And once again, we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch these classes a year from now, two years from now, you'll still have full access to the class. Okay, so um, with this course here, a brief overview, uh, in the aftermath of the insurrection uh, a year ago, the January 6, 2021 insurrection at the U.S. Capitol building, Um, at the U.S. Capitol, many leading historians drew parallels between the violence that we saw that day and the Reconstruction era, which was 1865 to 1877. Uh, And this was the period of political revolution directly following the uh, U.S. Civil War, which was 1861 to 1865. This 10-week online course will analyze U.S. history primarily from the African-American perspective, beginning in 1865 with uh, the uh, 40 Acres and a Mule Special Field Order Number 15. And actually, we, we start in 1800 with the 1800 census, and we look at 1803 with the Louisiana Purchase and the Haitian Revolution. And we go and look at history uh, chronologically leading up to the Civil War taking place. And then uh, we do at the end of the Civil War, uh uh Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865. We did with special field order number 15, 40 acres and a mule, January 1865. And then we look at the Reconstruction Era. We go through and look at history chronologically through to uh 1968. So we'll look at the Reconstruction era, 1865, 1877, the Red Summer of Um the Red Summer of Uh 1919, the year after the Civil War ended. I'm just sorry, sorry, the year after World War One ended in 1918, the Red Summer, where you had uh over 25 major race rides across the country. Uh, we look at the Jim Crow era, uh, which is the period of time after Reconstruction ends. We go and look at the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, uh nineteen hundreds. We look at the Jim Crow era and when the southern states are rewriting their state constitutions to impose poll taxes and literacy tests like uh, Mississippi State Convention of 1890. we look at World War I, the Great Migration, 1915 to 1970. Six million African-Americans migrate from the south, up north and out west. World War II, uh, the Civil Rights Movement, and the Black Power Movement. To understand uh, what happened to us after slavery ended, okay? What were the laws and policies put in place to put us uh, where we are today to understand where we need to go from here? Okay, so the second class is uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Okay, it's important to understand the chronology of history to get a better understanding of how we got to where we are now to understand where we need to go from here. Unfortunately, uh, uh, some of this history is repeating itself. Okay, so we have this available at our website as well the African History Network uh, dot com. Normally the classes are on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You can share this information with your children. I would say the information is PG 13. It's very visual. I, I do a PowerPoint presentation with book references, articles, video clips. Uh, usually for the book references, I'll show you the excerpts on the screen. So uh, and we do the sessions live, all the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. So as soon as you register for the classes uh, this content that you can start watching right now. Okay, so hopefully you learn a lot in these classes. Keep watching our uh, our broadcast Keep watching uh, this video that you're watching, and uh, follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network. The African History Network on our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I M H O T E P, and uh, uh, Michael M. Hotep on uh, Instagram as well. Remember, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win Wakanda forever and we'll talk to you next time peace also um, also listen to you can also listen to our uh, radio show um, you, you can also listen to our radio show on Sundays uh, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time the African History Network show uh, we have the information right on the home page of our website right at the top okay so uh, we have our social media information social media handles and information about the radio show and you can click right here to listen to audio podcast of the radio show as well. Uh, we're on Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the African History Network show on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF uh, in Detroit. You can also download the iHeartRadio app and search for 9, 10 a.m. Uh, WFDF and listen live, or the TuneIn radio app. You can listen live there as well. Okay. All right. Remember, right now, it's correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win. we kind of forever. And uh, thanks for watching uh, our broadcast. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, also, if you want to support the African History Network, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, uh, and through PayPal, PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. So, substance. keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, uh, pay some of the bills, and we have our uh, our Cash App information and social media. Uh, uh cash app information and PayPal information right on the home page of our website also okay so check that out as well all right remember right now is correct wrong behavior is not over till we win Wakanda of forever and we'll talk to you next time peace
1: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps>